If you've seen the little cards that have been around the last few weeks and the ones we passed out at Farmer's Market, we've been talking about this theme of up. And up is a direction. And I want to talk to you this morning a little about that concept of up and what it has to do with Resurrection Day. Where, where did Jesus go when he died? You know, scripture, there's all kinds of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, hundreds of them. Some were written up to a thousand years before he even came. Talking about his death and his burial, his resurrection, how he would come into Jerusalem, how he'd be treated, misunderstood. But, but some of us think maybe he, he died on the cross and, you know, instantly was raised. But there, there was three days that was prophesied. He said, as Jonah was in the belly three days and three nights, so the Son of Man shall be in the earth before he's raised. So some of you have been around a while. You, you might know where he went. But, but scripture describes a place, a holding place. And uh, some call it paradise. It, it was Abraham's bosom. And it was a place where people that died in faith, believing and trusting, that's where they were held. The, you know, we, let me see if I got that passage. It says that this, this power, this power that was released at, at the crucifixion, the resurrection... It, it ripped this veil in two. It was a huge veil. It, it was 60 feet high, 30 feet wide. That was the power that was released because these people that were held captive, some were for you know, generations that died in faith believing. Some were following the law as Jews. Some were going to the feast days. Some were uh, there at days of atonement, sacrificing regularly for the forgiveness of their sins. They were in a practice in faith believing for Messiah to come and to forgive them. And in this practice, they were, and, and when they died, they were put in this, what we call Abraham's bosom. Jesus referred to it. It's the holding place. It was the guy on the cross who died. And Jesus said to him before he died, he said, hey, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Well, that, that wasn't heaven. Jesus hadn't gone there yet. So it was this holding place. And then when, when scripture describes in two places where the earth quaked, one was at the crucifixion. And when the crucifixion came, th this rumbling that took place, this power that was released, ripped that veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the outer court, separated the very presence of God where he dwelt, the priest could go, from where the, the regular you know, public could come out to the courts. And this, this veil, some would say it was up to four inches thick. Josephus wrote about it. A massive covering, a massive veil that separated the people from the presence of God at that crucifixion. The place was shaken. The temple, parts of the temple collapsed. And this veil was ripped top to bottom. In other words, God said, I want out of this box. I want to be out in, with my people, in my people, propelling my people, living with my people. And then Jesus descends and he preaches release to the captives. Scripture says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Here's one artist's depiction of going into that holding place and preaching the good news to the captives that were held there. And Scripture said in the fullness of time, all throughout Scripture, you'll see at the appointed time or the right time. And this was the fullness of time. God sent Jesus to those in that holding place to preach the gospel to them, the good news, gave him opportunity to respond. And in a release of God's power, with the place shaking, these guys were set free. So much so that, anybody know what this is? This is called the Falcon Heavy. 
And Elon Musk, the, the inventor of Tesla, just launched this thing. Jan and I were in Florida down the beach about 20 miles when this was launched in February. And believe me, I've heard a few rockets go off at Vandenberg, and we're probably about 50 miles from Vandenberg where we live. But we were 20 miles up the beach, and when this thing went off, man, everything was rumbling. You could feel it. And the, the people were excited. We watched the news clips and the replays. And this thing, the payload, they said the payload, the amount of lift it could take was 117,000 pounds. Now, to some of us, that might not seem a lot. And Elon Musk even put his Tesla in the payload to launch it. But I was reading different accounts of that. And the, the Asian account said this. There was enough payload to put 10 full-grown elephants in the payload. This thing's going to Mars. I'm not sure why you want to take elephants to Mars. But, but the British newspaper said you could put five double-decker buses in the payload to lift this. Well, I, I, I want to talk to you about another power, a resurrection power that lifted much more than that. And, and when, when Jesus was raised from the dead... He wasn't taking elephants to Mars. He was taking sons and daughters to glory. He was taking those that had died in hope, those that had died believing, those that had died in faith. He was taking them upward. And we're talking about up because up is a trajectory. I, I use this picture. If, if some of you might be offended by that, I'm sorry. It just tells a story, okay? I'm not really sorry. I think it's her. I've been thinking about that picture. I mean, that's a trajectory. That's up out of the grave, baby. That's power. That's liftoff power. And some of us from where we are and where we used to live, that's the kind of power we need, men. We don't need sprinkling power. We need resurrection power. And, and that resurrection life sets us on a trajectory. Here's, here's what happened when resurrection life came. And Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice. He gave up a spirit. In that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn from top to bottom. But the yellow, the earth shook. The rocks split. The tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection. Now, that's a wild thought. It's only in one gospel. But it'd be like this. After service today, you're driving home to Morro Bay, uh, and you're heading out Los Osos Valley Road, and you come by the cemetery there, and you see a bunch of people just going, whoa. <laughs> Time for brunch. He heading up the road. Would that freak you out? Well, Scripture said when the, sh the earth shook and the power was released, these people came forth from the grave. People that have been dead for a while. That's the resurrection life, rescuing those who have been held captive in, in paradise and in between into the holy presence of God. That's power that's available for you and me. It's to set our, our life on a trajectory. This is what a trajectory is. The path followed by an object moving under the action of given forces. How many around here when we did rocket day? The kids were light, lighting off their little rockets. Many, anybody stick around for that? That was a lot of fun. But the wind picked up. And so the wind went from probably five miles an hour when we started. It was blowing maybe 15 at the end. And you had to change your trajectory. So when you're launching your rocket, you're putting it into the wind, and it's following a set course where you want it to go. So trajectory's got two things. It's about a direction, a destination. But trajectory's also about the power behind it, the force that's moving you in that direction. How many know when Jesus was raised from the dead, there was a trajectory in his life? He, he had a plan. Scripture said he ascended on high, seated at the right hand of the Father, and then he raised us up together with him. You've been raised up. Do you believe that? And in your death, 
to sin and your burial and raised up in, in symbolic of baptism. Scripture says God puts us on a new trajectory. He's taking us somewhere and there's a force behind that. Amen? That's why this word ano, I like it. It just means up. It means up in the Greek. And it means up above, up to the top, up to the brim. I like that. There's a fullness in it. God's raising you up. He's doing things in your life. He's raising new things up in your life. He's raising up purpose in your life. He's raising up a new understanding. There's something that's happened. As, as we get involved with him, there's something that begins to rise in us. He said the Holy Spirit would fill us to fullness. It would rise up in us and spill out of us. There's a trajectory in Christ in the new birth, and it's up. Amen? That's why we, we see words like wake up and rise up and get up and stand up. These are Bible words. They're faith words. Sometimes it's to shake up a little bit, to be filled up. The trajectory is up. Build up. Look up. Mount up. Wise up. In worship, we put our hands up. Revelations 4, the angel says, come up. Jesus says, come up. It's an invitation. Small print I put in, sometimes shut up. And th th that's when our mouth and our words are getting us in trouble. Sometimes you just got to shut that up and look up. Amen? And get up and quit talking, quit murmuring, quit complaining. Sometimes you just got to zip this up and look up, talk up, praise up. Amen? It's a trajectory for you and me. Tell your neighbor we're headed up. Tell them that this morning. This is, this, is, this is one of the promises he makes. I love this promise. It's found in a couple places in Scripture. Could you read this with me? He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the oppressed from the dunghill to make them sit with princes and inherit a throne of glory. Isn't that powerful? He raises the poor from the dunghill. I've had the privilege of traveling to a bunch of countries and um, doing mission stuff, many trips, and I've witnessed that, how God raises people from the dust. I still remember in, in Cambodia, one of the first few times I went, I met a man named John Ezekiel. Uh, A.L. Gill, the, the guy that I went with, some of you know A.L., he met John Ezekiel in Malaysia in the back country, and he said, he jokingly said, John Ezekiel's family was living in trees when I met him, but he was just a simple farmer guy. And now, how brilliant, the, the, his life had changed. God transformed his life. We're sitting at midnight having noodles on the streets of Phnom Penh and just fellowshipping so richly how about God had transformed his life. And it can happen. I just say that from that example. It can happen anywhere in the world when resurrection life gets a hold of us. Amen? This is where I'm heading tomorrow with my brother, Pastor Moni Mox, on the upper left. And Moni's story, some of you know it, he, uh, during the Khmer Rouge, the Killing Fields era, he was in his teenage years and his whole family. Uh, well, the peasants from the village came into the city. And the peasants had this idea that we're going to drive out the elite, the educated, the, the government officials, teachers, any of the intellectuals. We're driving them out and we're going to take the city ourselves. So Moni, he lost his, his parents and his five, four brothers and sisters. He was left to die of malaria. He escaped into a Baptist um, refugee camp, received the Lord there went on to Fuller Seminary and started going back. A tremendous story of just how God turned his life around, healed him of liver issues. Next to him is Pastor Chion, and he is, he was a colonel in the military, and uh, was an alcoholic. And after the whole Khmer Rouge thing, the Pol Pot thing, he came to Jesus Christ. And now he leads a prison ministry. I had the privilege to pre preach in the prison with him. And many, 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 many people are coming to Jesus because this guy's transformed life. 
probably one of the biggest compliments I ever had is one of the first times I was there. He picked me up and he kissed me on the neck. And I think he said thank you in Cambodian. But this, this guy next to him, and oops, let me go back here. This, this guy next to him, now I think it's him, this picture of him, but there's a guy they called the hitman. And he killed people for money. And the colonel, Pastor Chion, went to prison and shared with this guy, the hitman, I forget his real, uh, Pastor Say or Pastor Noun, he, he shared with them the gospel of Jesus. And so hitman gets out of jail and uh, he's broke and he says, I'm going to do one more hit and then I'm done. And so he was waiting at the foot of the bridge. I heard his testimony when I was there. He's waiting at the foot of the bridge, waiting for the guy to come across the bridge. He hid the gun in the bush. The guy came across. He reached for the gun, and the gun was gone, disappeared. He freaked out, and he ran to Pastor Chion's house and gave his life to Jesus. And, and now he's a hitman for Jesus because I, I heard this guy's story. He's not afraid of anything. And he'll, he'll go anywhere. He, he's just bold for Jesus. How many know he takes the poor, he raises them from the dunghill, and he makes them sit with princes? That's Chen Law on the lower left, and we met Chen Law in 2000, just a wild little long-haired drummer guy, but now he's pastoring a church. The Lord's changed his life, radically changed. The girl in the middle, I met her when she was seven years old. She was new to the orphanage, and her five-year-old brother had been taking care of her on the streets. And Moni and Canary brought them both into the orphanage. And so David, her younger brother and her have grown up there. Now she's finished school. And now she's working on the staff and just a bright, cool girl. The last girl on the end, she's in the, from the orphanage too. And she was so shy and so timid and wouldn't even look you in the face. And now God's raised her up and she's working on staff. It works anywhere. The resurrection life changes people wherever it touches lives. Do you believe that this morning, church? Some of you still got your arms folded. I'm praying resurrection life hits you today and begins a work in you this morning. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You, you, you got to believe that, that you've been raised up with him. When you're on your down days, you got to believe you've been raised up. When you've been pushed down, you got to get up. you got to believe that Jesus is raising you up. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Do you believe that this morning, church? And that's why the apostle Paul said it this way. He said, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I press for that. When, when I'm knocked down, bent down, feeling down, I, I, I'm going to get up. I'm going to press because there's an upward call in my life. You have an upward call in your life. You have the, the, the power of God, the love of God, the nature of God, nurturing you forward to an upward trajectory, an upward pull. Gravity pulls us towards the earth, but the love of God, the goodness of God, pulls us towards heavenward. And I, I pray this morning that that's a reality to you. I pray that you feel it. And so just in conclusion, just encourage you, don't abort the mission. I venture to guess this morning that there's people that started out on that trajectory. I venture to guess this morning that some, maybe when we were younger, we had a passion for God and a love for God, and that's waned the cares of the world, busyness of life, things get in the way. Some of us took off on a business course. We had a plan. We had a team. We're excited, and offenses come, and discouragement comes, and 
people attack and kind of tries to bring us down. Things that are said about us, failure starts to bring us down. I want you to know this morning, you can't abort the mission. The, the power of God, the trajectory of God's available to you and me to get us back on course. Do you believe that in here this morning? And, and, and if you've drifted off course, and if you've got away from the things of God, he, he welcomes you with open arms. In Luke 15, he tells the story of a prodigal son. He tells the story of a, a young man who said, Father, I'm tired of living on the farm. And I, and I want to go try things my own way. I want to try out life a different way. And Father, I want you to give me my inheritance now. And the father was grieved, but he gave him the inheritance. And scripture uses strong words about that inheritance. He said the guy went off and he squandered it. If you've ever been to a casino, you know what I mean by squandered it. The stack is there when you begin, but in a couple hours, the stack is there about that big, usually. Usually, that's why they keep building big casinos, right? And it was squandered. Scripture says the, the guy squandered everything, and he went out to the, to the farms, and he was so hungry, he was eating pig food and sleeping with the pigs. And then something, Scripture says, something got a hold of his senses. He said, I'm going to return to my father's house. I got off course. I've drifted from the mission that he had for me. And Scripture says when he returned and went to his father's house that his father ran to greet him with open arms. I believe that this morning. If you're off course, if you've drifted off course, there's a heavenly father that wants to embrace you and love you and help get you back on course. Do you, do you believe that this morning? If that's you, in, in a few minutes we're going to pray. And I just encourage you just to simply surrender and allow the Lord to, to help get you back on that mission. So it's my last slide. How many have seen the movie Up? I, I, I love this picture because a whole household's going up. I don't know about you. I, I want my whole household. I want my whole household rising. I want my whole household increasing. I want my whole household prospering. I want my whole house to know the Lord, to walk in the Lord. And they are. They are. It's exciting to watch and see. Then the message Bible says in Romans 8, this resurrection life you receive from God, it's not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike faith. It says, what's next, Papa? How's the trajectory in your life? Is it ascending? Are you feeling more excited about the future? Are you more excited about a relationship with him? Are you looking forward to what he has for you? Do you live life right now with that expectation that says, what's next, Papa? This is an awesome ride. What's next, Papa? Where are you going to send me? What's my trajectory in this next season? With that, I just want to pray and I don't know if we got any of the musicians left, but if you guys want to come up, I just want to pray for a moment. And uh, You all right? Amen. Father, I thank you. I, I just thank you for the word up. I've been thinking about it a lot for the last uh, probably couple months. And it just offers so much hope. The word up, I guess it's an adverb. It, it modifies a verb, tells us direction, tells us impact, gives us insight. And Lord, I thank you this morning. There's some that need to rise up. There's some that need to get up. There's some that might need just to fess up. Things have been going on, Lord, that you invite us to come to you 
And, and this is what you promised us, Lord, if we confess our sin, you're faithful. You're faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from unrighteous stuff going on. And so, Lord, I pray that hearts would be open to you this morning. People that would say, I, I need a new trajectory, Lord, I, I pray that would be real. Or some just need a fresh start, new beginning, need to connect with you and receive you as Lord and Savior. And church and friends, that's where it starts. When, when Jesus comes in your life, he, he said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And then he promised, he breathed on him, the Holy Spirit. He promised power to live the life. It's not, here's an, I'm gonna exchange your set of rules for my set of rules, and now you gotta do my new rules, and then you'll get in heaven. No, it's not about rules. It's about relationship. He said he'll write those on your heart, and he'll give you the Holy Spirit. He'll give you that power to be able to live this life. So this morning, if you're here and you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus is my savior or one time I, I was on course with him, but I drifted from him and I'm far away, Mike. I want to get back on course with Jesus. If you've never made him Lord of your life or you need to get on course with him, heads bowed, people praying. Raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Is anybody, God bless you. God bless your honesty. Anybody else here back there? God bless you. Anybody else that said, Mike, I need to receive Jesus or get back on course? Saw you over there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we all stand together? We're going to close in song. I just want to pray for us. And those that raise their hands, I want to pray for you. And our whole church family will pray together this prayer. Just a fresh recommitment. Can we do that? Let's pray this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me and forgiving me. I've drifted off course. And I ask by your help and power that you would get me back on course. Jesus, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior, as my guide, as my helper, as my strength. And I receive your power today, Easter 2018 to follow your trajectory. Thank you for that, Lord. And I give you praise for it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.